the Lord and welcome to the telecast this week. We're going to do something kind of interesting, at least I think so this week. We're going to do a Hebrew word study um, from, the, from some Hebrew words found in the Old Testament. And the, the Hebrew language brings out some tremendous, tremendous truths from the Word of God that are not brought out otherwise uh, without doing a little bit of, of word study on it. But I'd like to begin uh, by reading in the Gospel of St. John, the Gospel of St. John, chapter 8, and we'll start reading in verse 54. John 8, 54, Jesus answered, and, and I am today using the New American Standard edition of the Bible. Whatever you have there is fine. John 8, 54, Jesus answered, If I glorify myself, my glory is nothing. It is my Father who glorifies me, of whom you say He is our God. And you have not come to know Him. That's kind of sad, ain't it? They called Him God, but they didn't come to know Him. But I do know Him, Jesus said. And if I say that I do not know him, I shall be a liar like you. Wow. Uh, you know, Jesus was quite a preacher, amen. But I do know him and I keep his word, Jesus said. Now, now pay attention here to the 56th verse. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. And he saw it and was glad. The Jews therefore said to him, You are not yet fifty years old. And have you seen Abraham? You see, they didn't realize that they were talking to the one that created the worlds. God manifested in human flesh. Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was born, I am. That is quite a statement. That tells us of the eternalness of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is God. He's not merely a, a good man or a prophet. He's not merely a rabbi or a teacher, but Jesus Christ, beloved, is God manifested in human flesh and He came to hang on a cruel and bloody cross and die to redeem this entire world from the sin that has held the world in bondage for so long. Amen. That's why we lift up Jesus. That's why we preach Jesus. That's why we glorify Jesus. That's why we worship Him. Hallelujah. Before Abraham was born, he said, I am. Those are the same words that God spoke to Moses when God had called Moses to lead his people out of the bondage of the Egyptians. And Moses said, Who shall I say sent me? Moses said, I am weak. I am not worthy of this assignment. Who shall I say sent me? And God said, I am that I am hath sent thee. 
This proves beyond any shadow of a doubt, beloved, the deity of Jesus Christ. I want to say that again. The deity of Jesus Christ. Verse 59. Therefore they picked up stones to throw at him, at him, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. There's two thoughts I want us to focus our attention on uh, for this particular program today. Verse 56, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. And he saw it and was glad. What in the world is Jesus talking about? And verse 58, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was born, I am. Now, in order to understand this, we're going to have to go into the book of Genesis. So if you would, turn back in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 22. And I'm going to very briefly read um, a, a, a couple of verses here. And you follow along right there in your Bibles, and you're going to see something amazing. We'll start with the first verse. Now, it came about after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and Abraham said, Here am I. And he said, Take now your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I will tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey, took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son. He split wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham raised his eyes and saw the place. Remember that saw the place from a distance. And Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. I and the lad will go yonder, and we will worship, and we will return to you. See, oh, hallelujah to God. God said, The boy and I are going to go worship God, and we will both be back. For those of you that are familiar with this story, Abraham never entertained doubts. Abraham knew, praise the Lord, that God was going to raise Isaac from the dead if he allowed him to be sacrificed. This was a faith test in the life of Abraham. But Abraham looked up, the Bible says in verse 4, he raised his eyes and he saw the place from a distance. Now right there, hold your finger in Genesis 22. Go back to John's Gospel, the 19th chapter. Chapter 19 and verse 20. John 19 and 20. Now listen to this. Therefore this inscription, this was the crucifixion of Christ, okay? This inscription, many of the Jews read, for the place, same transliteration, for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and it was written in Hebrew, Latin, and in Greek. Alright, point. <coughs> Excuse me. In a prophetic move of the Holy Spirit, 
Abraham saw. Abraham was allowed by the Holy Spirit to look through time and space and see the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus even in his day, some 4,000 years prior. Oh, did you catch the significance of that? This Bible is truly an inspired book, my friend. This is the Word of God. No man, no matter how clever, could predict consistent predictions and prophecies over a period of 4,000 years. This Bible had to come from God. Amen? And God's mighty supernatural power was manifested right here as Abraham who the Bible says was justified by faith. God's Holy Spirit showed him a preview of Calvary and the resurrection. And that's how he could say, don't worry about it to his servants. The boy and I are going yonder. We'll worship God. But we'll be back. Both of us will be back. Hallelujah. Both of us are coming back. Because he saw it in his spirit. Hallelujah. Let's pick up reading in verse 6. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and he laid it on Isaac his son and he took in his hand the fire and the knife so the two of them walked on together. And Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, My father. Abraham said, Here I am, my son. And he said, The boy said, Look, here are the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Dad, we've got everything we need. We've got the wood, we've got the fire, we've got the equipment. But Father, where's the offering? Where's the lamb? And Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. So the two of them walked on together. If I was to title this message today, I would title it Jehovah Jireh. God will provide for himself a lamb. You know, we, in the modern church world today, we, we talk a lot about Jehovah Jireh, God will provide, God will provide, and that's true. And let, and let me say at the beginning of this program that God is very much interested in providing for our material needs. And that is part of God's covenant relationship with his people. The provision of material needs. Amen? But the actual word in Jehovah Jireh, God will provide, and really that needs to be extended, God will provide for himself a lamb. In other words, this is a prophetic picture that God will himself provide himself if you look into the way the Hebrew is structured, it's, it's according to this fashion. God himself will provide himself 
as the Lamb, as the offering for the sins of the entire world. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Another proof that Abraham saw Calvary. Oh, yes, he did. Abraham, hallelujah, the great father of faith, the one whom the Bible says he was justified by faith. He saw Calvary. And God announced himself as Jehovah Jireh. I, myself, God said, will provide myself as the Lamb. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm telling you today, we're saved because of Jesus. We're saved because He is the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And it's exciting to me that way back in the beginning, in the book of Genesis, Abraham saw that. No wonder he had such a basis for his faith. And neighbor friend of mine today, that's where our faith needs to be anchored as well. In the finished work of Christ upon the cross. Amen? Abraham simply obeyed God. And God provided him with everything he needed. And he'll do the same for you and for me. Amen? Now let's look um, at some very interesting aspects that will uh, further buttress what we're saying to you here today. I've already asked you the question what is being referred to in the scripture. Abraham named the place where God provided a substitute for his son Isaac, Jehovah Jireh. Now, it's interesting. God provided the lamb as a substitute for Isaac. Jesus Christ is our substitute. If you place your faith in what Jesus did at the cross, his death, his burial, his resurrection. If you understand that he was your substitute, he took your sins and paid for them, then you're saved. And God is not holding sin against you, and he'll never hold sin against you. If you don't have faith in that, if you do not have faith in the finished work of, the, of Christ upon the cross, then you're going to have to pay the punishment or pay the penalty for your own sins. Okay, We're seeing that as a word picture right here. The correct pronunciation from the Hebrew for Jehovah Jireh is Yahweh Yara. Meaning Yahweh He will see to it. Did you catch that? Yahweh He will see to it. But what is the it? <clears throat> Jesus said, Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Abraham was able to see prophetically into the future and see God becoming flesh and dying, oh hallelujah, in the place of mankind. Why does the scripture say that Abraham was told to take his only son Isaac when in fact he had another son Ishmael? <laughs> that's, a, that's a good question. Abraham had two sons, Isaac and Ishmael. The, re 
reason for this is because Isaac was the promised seed through which the covenant God had made, uh, how do I say it? The covenant that God had made with Abraham was to be fulfilled through Isaac, a type of the spirit, not Ishmael, a type of the flesh. See, when Ishmael was conceived, Abraham and Sarah did it on their own. But when Isaac was conceived, it was a result of the promise of God. Hence, Isaac is symbolic of the flesh. Ishmael, I'm sorry, is symbolic of the flesh. Isaac, Isaac is symbolic of the spirit. God wanted to paint a vivid picture for the whole world to see that would, uh, what would take place in the future. For instance, God tells Abraham to lift him up there upon the altar. You read that whole 22nd chapter. Isaac is the one who literally carried the wood upon his back, just as Jesus bore his own cross. You see, how the Bible gives word pictures and prophecies far in advance of their actual occurrence. These are little nuggets and little treasures that you can dig out of the Word of God. It is interesting that a ram, not a lamb, was caught in the thicket. In dramatic fashion, the Genesis account of the binding of Isaac and the substitute sacrifice points the discerning reader to an event that occurred 2,000 years later. I said 4,000. Uh, <coughs> at the beginning of the program, it was, it was 2,000 years from Adam to Abraham, 2,000 more from Abraham to Christ for a total of 4,000 that covered the Old Testament period. But two, Abraham saw 2,000 years into the future and he saw the crucifixion of Jesus. Isn't that amazing? That's, all, that's awesome. Now consider the place. Remember we read those scriptures together? Consider the place where Isaac's binding occurred. The place was called the land of Moriah, we know this now to be the area as the, of the Temple Mount in Jerusalem. What the Bible called in Abraham's day the land of Moriah is now, we know it to be, historically, the Temple Mount in Jerusalem. That's also approximately the area where Adam and Eve may have first disobeyed God. Now if, it, if that in fact is the case, that says a mouthful. You have, you have the fall and the redemption, oh hallelujah, in the same area, the same place, God brings everything back. God's purpose for this earth is to bring it back to its original state, to bring back man, to bring man back to his original position, Created in the image of God without sin. Hallelujah. Well, we're seeing all of this pictured for us 
in Hebrew treasures in the 22nd chapter of Genesis. The Bible says that Jesus was led out to be crucified in the place of the skull. The word used for place is topos. John 19.20 relates that the place where Jesus was crucified is near the city. This, however, is not a literal translation. The Greek text says, literally, for near was the place of the city. The place, hotopos, of the city refers to the temple on Mount Moriah. So the place where Jesus was crucified was near the temple or the place. Hallelujah. Do you, do you see the significance and the prophetic correlation in that? <coughs> Excuse me. The Greek translation of the Old Testament, the Septuagint, translates the place of Genesis 22.4 as topos, using the same form of the word used to describe the place of the skull. Hallelujah. This suggests that Jesus was crucified near where Abraham placed Isaac upon the altar. Um, and, and remember we read that scripture on the third day Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off the Hebrew word for the place is Hamakom I think that's how you pronounce it the use of this word is interesting because the word is also considered a name for God and, oh that's that's something Describing his omnipresence. So not only did Abraham see the place where Jesus would be crucified 2,000 years into the future, but if we interpret that word correctly, the Lord, then on the third day, he saw the Lord from a distance. That would be the meaning of the phraseology. The word distance or from afar is Merekok, it stems from the word rekak, which means remote and far away. This word can also be interpreted as remote in space or time. Hallelujah. This alludes to the idea that Abraham saw into the future. Specifically the time when God would provide himself as the Lamb. Oh, glory to God. And this interpretation is not as outlandish as it may seem. The Zohar, when referring to this verse, says, Abraham saw some distant time and not soon. I want to repeat that quickly. The Zohar, which is a group of writings, when referring to this verse says that Abraham saw some distant time and not soon. Afar off. That is, he saw through a dim glass. It was a prophetic futuristic event. The point being made here is that Jewish tradition believes that Abraham had a vision of a future event 
Something convinced Abraham that on Mount Moriah, hallelujah, the Lord would be seen. He apparently saw into the future and observed that God would see to himself the Lamb, or that God would see himself as the Lamb. Hallelujah. This literal interpretation hints at the fact that God would see to it himself. He would become the lamb, not merely provide a lamb. This is why there was a ram in a thicket and not a lamb. You can understand that. Hallelujah. We've got to hurry. Apparently, Abraham saw the lamb of God being executed near the place where he was taking Isaac 2,000 years before it actually happened. That is how to the letter accurate Bible prophecy is. Oh, praise the Lord for the Word of God today. This is why he called the place Jehovah-Jireh in the mount. Jehovah shall be seen. The Lord shall be seen in the mount. A neighbor friend of mine today, God is no more clearly seen than on the Mount of Crucifixion in the finished work of Jesus Christ upon the cross. Do you know Jesus today? Have you made Him your Lord and Savior? Why don't you do that right now? Why don't you just take the time to pray a simple prayer? The words won't save you, but if you believe them with all of your heart, you shall be saved. I'm going to pray with you now. Are you ready? Ready to receive Christ? Praise God. Dear God in heaven, I am a sinner and I'm sorry for my sins. And right now I believe in the finished work of Jesus Christ upon the cross. And I confess my sins and I repent of them. And I ask Jesus to wash me in his blood and come into my heart. And make some great changes in my life. I put my faith in Christ right now. In his name I pray. Amen and amen. Wow, that was kind of... Praise the Lord, everybody. Thank you for tuning in today and listening to this uh, television program. This is the audio portion of it, of course, uh, that we recorded and first aired in 2001. Uh, we're having a blast going through the archives in our 35th year of ministry this year and bringing some of these classic messages back, uh, both for you by way of radio, by way of audio recording, and also uh, for our television audience, which extends from uh, about the Mackinac Bridge area to Cadillac, Michigan. We're just so blessed, so thankful, and I pray that this teaching has been a blessing to you today. We'll be bringing more of the old material back, as well as some brand new sermons coming up on this radio network. God bless you. Bye-bye.